Hello and welcome to Movie Go Round, a film discussion podcast that rotates between different themes every week on a five-week schedule. This week's theme is You Did This To Us. Hello, hello. My name is Brett Stewart. Joining me, as always, the incomparable Nicole Davis. How are you? Uh, it's allergy week here in the Boston area, apparently, and mine have moved in possibly for the duration of the summer. So I apologize if I sound extra nasal this week. Yeah, it's that time. It's that time of the year, right? Like Zizol. That's what I've learned is that I switched off the Claritin. I switched off the Allegra and all the other things and I went to Zizol and that's what did it for me. Mm. This this of episode of, of of movie go round brought to you brought to by you by Zizel. Um, <laughs> no, it's really good. Like, uh, but I digress. David Luzader, do you have allergies? I do not, Brett. <laughs> I can breathe just fine. Just fine. Uh, Eddie Redmayne. Um, <laughs> so you guys did this to us this week, and that means that you went and voted on what we were going to watch. A bunch of you went and voted, and 46% of you voted for Jupiter Ascending. Now, this was an interesting pick, because Nicole had dropped this in our docket several times, because Nicole inexplicably likes this movie, and we're going to give her plenty of time to explain why she does. And it's funny, because we will often start the discussion by kicking movies in there. Um, We've always seen Fantastic Mr. Fox ends up there. Someone puts it in there. I think it's someone in my girlfriend's family because they all love that movie. Um, (laughs) uh, The Room always gets thrown in there. I typically throw it in there because I know it's like the generic bad movie, even though we might never actually discuss it. Um, And then Nicole throws Jupiter Ascending in. And I don't think I've... Have I done this before? Yeah, it's been in once or twice. Like once. Okay, well, it, well, it five won. Five times we've done this. Well, it won, and we we now <laughs> and have here Jupiter we are <laughs> ascending. And the funny thing is that we had people on Facebook being like, "I'm so happy you're discussing this movie. I want to see it." Um, <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, see, this is going to be a fiery episode, but that is what we watched this week, and we mentioned it last week. But if you do want to be involved with these please go ahead and like us on Facebook and on Twitter because that's how you can get involved in these polls. And it's a lot of fun when you can make us watch really bad movies um, or really or, good movies. Or like good pick. movies. Like yeah, that. you could do that. That would be nice. We know you're not going to, though, so at least have fun with us. We want to have fun with it. That is the week. I mean, Netflix roulette, we get some pretty terrible stuff. But... Uh, make us watch Amadeus. Make us watch... Amadeus? Where did that come out of? I mean, it's a pretty good movie. Yeah, so I was thinking Oscar winners. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't think we're ever going to get an Oscar winner on the "You Did This to Us" list. But uh, be sure I never want to watch the Theory of Everything, guys. That's how you get movies on the poll. You say you don't want to watch <laughs> you it. You say you don't want to watch them because we know uh, next yeah. round I'm going to end up with Neon Demon. Um, Oof. I, I I think I might actually have to quit the show. please no oh no or or (laughs) or that would probably be like the one time i don't watch the movie and just tell everybody i did but i I don't know i I don't know what we'd even discuss on that okay anyway anyway never mind (laughs) i we watched jupiter ascending okay it's a movie with with mila kunis and tater tot and it came out in 2015. A young hey. woman discovers her destiny as an heiress to an intergalactic nobility and must fight to protect the inhabitants of Earth from its ancient and destructive industry. Uh, this was picked by you, the listeners. And 
Nicole likes this movie. Nicole is one of the 11 people in the world that owns a physical copy of it. Uh, Why don't you give us a brief rundown? And I'm sure we're going to get a lot of it throughout the episode, but give us a brief rundown of why you like this movie. As someone who brought us the great beauty, who brings us high cinema and culture, you like Jupiter Ascending. I do like Jupiter Ascending. Um, (laughs) It's number one, I like pretty space movies. Uh, The effects are done well and it takes place in outer space. I will generally be happy watching it. Um, and I will say, I will say, visually, this movie is pretty good. Like, yes, the, the effects look really good for this movie. And there's tremendous attention to detail. Um, they, the Wachowskis, spared no expense in terms of you know the makeup artists that they hired, the set designers, the costume designer. They really paid attention and had specific things they wanted. You know, each member of the Abrasics family kind of has their own uh, visual palette and theme and, um, you know, design aesthetic. And so it's very pretty. It's a very pretty movie to look at. And it's, it is over the top space opera and sometimes I'm just in the mood for over the top space opera so I will pop on Star Wars or I'll pop on the fifth element or I'll pop on this so this movie reminded me a lot of the fifth element in that it's pretty and it's silly and it's often dumb but it's still fun to watch it's still got good action set pieces so, I, you know, what can I say? Um, I found one of, my, one of my favorite reviewers. I actually put this up on Twitter and he responded. Uh, one of my favorite reviewers is Alonzo Duralde of The Rap. Um, and he, he got the box quote on the DVD box for Jupiter Ascending, where it just says, exciting and enthralling. <laughs> Whereas the full quote is, uh, there is no up in space and there is no the top over which the Wachowskis will not go in Jupiter Ascending. A sci-fi saga that's convoluted and silly, yes, but also exciting and enthralling over the course of its two hours and change running time. (laughs) And I believe he responded to you and said that context is really everything when it comes to what you're going to put on the box. Absolutely. Uh. <laughs> but I will say that I'm the sort of person where if the quote had been convoluted and silly, yes, but also exciting and enthralling, I would have wanted to watch it more. <laughs> so, And it is. I saw this in the movie theater. Oh, boy. I like it. I think I, you know, the first couple times I watched this, I thought Mila Kunis was sleepwalking through it. And I still think she, she could have done better. Is. <laughs> she looks so bored. She just learns aliens exist and they're harvesting humanity for their live forever juice. And her thing is like, can I get a different dress? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> but I think, you know, I think Channing Tatum is his usual level of charismatic and charming. And Eddie Redmayne's going over the top, but I feel like it's appropriately so. 
He's the only and one then, having fun in this movie. That's for <laughs> sure. Yeah, he's having fun, definitely. I think I don't know. It seems I think Sean Bean's enjoying himself. I think Sean Bean's so. enjoying that paycheck. And he <laughs> yes, really yes. sells bees to me in this movie. Oh god. Okay, so are we just going to talk about the bees right off let's the bat? Talk about the bees because here's All my the CGBs. The CGBs. CGBs, that, yes. Yes. My problem with the C with the C Oh, that's going to be hard to say. CGBs <laughs> is that the first half hour of this movie I watched with with uh, Claire, and uh, for the audience unaware, Claire, um, my resident girlfriend, resident. Um, <laughs> as opposed to the ones a, that she, live elsewhere. Right, she's no, a no, live-in. No, she's like, a live-in she's girlfriend. A person, she's a person I reference when watching movies because she's like has no particular reverence for like specific like science fiction or anything like that. So she's just like like the person coming into it completely blind. And we're watching it like halfway through, and we're about. Well, we're about a half hour in this movie and she turns to me and she's like what is going on <laughs> is this like is there a plot and i'm like i genuinely don't know like there's all sorts of amazing visuals happening and like planets are like colliding in the jupiter and like eddie redmayne's like running around and mad max like color grading and i'm so confused as to what's happening and like she's a she's a person and they're trying to get her and they don't know why they're trying to get her and they don't explain anything to you except like no. very heavily cryptically. No, no, no. They explain. Um, she is the, she is the exact genetic recurrence of their mother, which then gives her uh, power over very many planets. Well, right. that, they don't explain that, this for over a half hour. That par- okay, yeah. And that part even also is a little bit unclear as to how much. They say that she wrote her future self into her will, which is a line <laughs> yes. of dialogue that somebody got paid to say. Um, <laughs> but they never explain exactly what that write-in was. Like, what does she have power over? Does she have power over everything? I think she has a certain number of planets. Yeah, but that's not explained, though. I mean, I guess she has Earth, which is the only one that she cares about. Uh, anyway, you were talking about Claire. I don't want to. I, I no, 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 don't want to jump Earth too far is a ahead. Very expensive meat farm in this movie. Yeah, or, it's or apparently it's worth it's worth more than all the other ones in that one guy's inheritance. Right, right. But, like, we're, her and I are watching this movie, and, like, probably a half hour in, uh, you just have no idea what's happening. Because, like, there's, like, aliens that are... Because here's the thing. There's, like, multiple things happening. There's aliens coming to get her that, like, look like generic aliens. And then there are also, like, weird bounty hunters that can go invisible trying to get her. Channing Tatum is trying to get her. Um, Eddie Redmayne is angry. They don't explain any anything until the B scene, like a half hour in, after you've gone through so much already with this movie. And Sean Bean sits you down, and he's like, you know, man, bees, they just sense royalty, and you are royalty. And... No, they're is- genetically programmed to detect royalty. See, once, is- once this movie starts with the exposition, it does not stop for a good hour. It Welcome is. back to the Matrix. <laughs> because keep in mind, like there are several times in this movie where Mila Kunis's character Jupiter has to have like a sit. First of all, Jupiter Jones, what a dumb name. I digress. <laughs> um, she has to like sit down with Channing Tatum's character. Who? What is his name? Like Wolfie or like what? Kane Wise. Some, oh Kane God. Wise? God. Kane is in Canine. Yes, Kane. Oh, that is terrible. Um, <laughs> it's just, not as bad as Stinger a peeny. 
right, so that's also pretty Kane bad. Wise, and Kane Wise has to explain what's going on to her and act as liaison for the audience because nothing is clear. And um, and I'm, I disagree, but go ahead. But here's the thing: like, I don't actually hate that about it. Like, it frustrated me at the beginning, but then it was so pretty and dumb that I kind of just rolled with it and enjoyed that part of it. And I think that's where I landed on multiple points in this movie is it was so dumb but so purdy that I was just willing to let it kind of be dumb. Eh. <laughs> I have. I, it sounds like David was less willing to just let it be dumb and roll over him. Yeah, a little a little bit because, you know, yes, it is visually pretty, but you just have so many uneven performances and characters like Mila Kunis looks so uninterested to be there at every point in the movie. Uh, Channing Tatum is wearing this face thing that makes him makes it difficult for him to talk. So his character is also a little bit stunted. Uh, the, I don't, the siblings are weird. All of them are weird. I can't, I can't name a single bad guy in this movie. And there's 15 of them. There are 15 antagonists in this film. There's the, there's like the, the, the Bollywood, not Bollywood, the, the Bolshevika family. Sure. Why it? not? I don't know. Sure. I can't. Praxis. <laughs> A Braxis? Abraxis. It's a Braxis. I know that much of this. LM, Kalik, and Titus. Sure. But okay. like um. the the like the just why not, a lot of choices are made that don't make sense in this movie, mostly by Jupiter. Um, yeah. I, I get to the end of it and I'm like, man, okay, cool. You're going to feel happy about your sad little life that you hated two days ago for like 20 minutes and like two weeks in, you're going to be like, oh yeah, I hate cleaning toilets. <laughs> like this is not right, right. like the alternative to like being queen of the galaxy is not cleaning toilets. Like you can still find satisfaction and purpose doing something else, but it gets to the end of the movie and she's like, Yep, this is better. No, it's not. You hated your life. You hated it so much. You woke up every morning and said you hated how much meaning her life had to see. But now she's literal queen of Earth slash the galaxy. I'm just saying there's a middle ground in this. <laughs> there's a middle ground. Okay, probably. I agree. I agree. Um, and the, but maybe she doesn't want to live off her, her blood money or her life juice money. And why does he have wings again at the end? Why does he have wings, period? He's a half because, albino, half dog. Guys, because, why are all of the animal people and also, like, earth animals? And why, why are the wings, which they describe at the beginning of the movie as bionic wings have to look like real wings because they look badass <laughs> it looks like i got it jude law like i gotta around. tell you you know she says at the end that you know the the wings aren't bad either and i guess they're they're kind of doing it for me at the end oh, of this movie boy. we're getting into some weird <laughs> nicole territory i am not ready to go down <laughs> this is not usual territory for me i'll tell I you that pray to god it's not <laughs> No, you will not find here. me out on the out on the boards. I'm not going to kink shame anybody, but that's you know NMK, not my kink. 
Well, for those unfamiliar, she's cleaning toilets and listening or or having the high life in her life. And uh, she just wakes up every morning, like telling herself how horrible her life is and how much she hates her life. And then she gets thrown into this crazy adventure across the galaxy with Channing Tatum about how she is actually royalty because she has the same genes as a woman. She is the genetic recurrence of. Right. Yeah. Of a woman who owned Earth. Uh, and this, and all this dumb stuff happens. And at the end of the movie, she's like, "Do you know what I want to do? Go clean some more toilets." She gets she gets picked up by each of the siblings at different times, and like the only one who's not horrible to her is the daughter. Like right. the daughter is the one who's like, "Yeah, cool, whatever." Go, like, and just gets completely left out of everything else that happens. Uh, <laughs> and then like the two sons are like are just real shitty and you get like told hey Eddie Redmayne's the villain of this movie but Eddie Redmayne's not going to meet her until the last 30 minutes when you're looking at the time being like there is 30 minutes left in this like <laughs> what else do I have to go through <laughs> and it's a long well, movie right? it's a two hour movie two hours, it's like yeah. two hours and four minutes or something like that so and boy do you feel that uh, well uh... Yes. So there's the three siblings, and the first one she meets is Kalik, and that's played by Tuppence Middleton. And if there's a more British name in the world, it would have to be like Sinjin Huntington on Tyne or something, because that is it is a very British name. It's very very (laughs) proper. So, and she is she is fantastic in Sensate, which is also a Wachowski production. She is real great. Um. This movie, she's sort of called upon to be sort of a sunny sociopath. <laughs> where it's like, she's just all very pleasant and happy about, oh, yes, yes, my mother was, you know, almost 100,000 years old when she was murdered. And I myself am 14,000 years old. And um, yeah, I'm going to go take a bath in the life juice. And it's we farm the source of it. And it's all totally fine. Yeah, it's right. Cool. And I should also like I should throw down here for people unfamiliar with these recurring life juice references. Um, <laughs> the the overarching culprit of this movie is free market capitalism, in <laughs> which really all is. in which all of these siblings are fighting over um, dominion of resources, which is more time, which they yeah. repeat like to an endless which, degree. Okay, for real though, if you do want, if you do want like a, a recap of this movie, go watch the honest trailer because they just take two, three minutes at the end and just recap. Cause they're like, this movie is so ridiculous. We can't say anything more insane than the plot. So they just recount the plot <laughs> as exactly as it happens. Uh, right, right. So yeah, if, if you're if you're like, well, I don't, you know, I'm not going to watch it, but I kind of want to know what's going on. That's your in to it. Well, there yeah. you go. Well, but- I mean, very. I could say it in less. You know, this family is farming people on various planets. They seed people on the planets. They let the population grow, and then they harvest and they kind of distill not- people's life essence. They don't and they seed- use it. To make themselves young again, they don't over and see over people. Again. They they find planets with life on them, and then basically implant humans there, so that human the human population will grow. Because I guess you can only make the life juice out of humans. Well, right. I mean, in order to boost your human time, I guess you would need human juice. 
I don't know. <laughs> but right. Uh, only that's we can only drink logical. cow's milk. I don't know why we can't have you know cow juice. So but, are you you hey. are you are advocating <laughs> for a very specific kind of cannibalism right now? I just want to make sure that's. Clear. <laughs> I'm not advocating for it. I'm trying. No, this, to is a, this is a real. It. This is a real. Uh, oh, what's that essay called? The uh, a, the a, a modest proposal situation going on. Ah, uh, yes, <laughs> the Jonathan Swift essay. Sure. Yeah. Now, this movie was originally a 600 page 600 script. pages <laughs> right how? yeah so how why well, i can i can Ooh. see i can see how this would be 600 pages who wrote yeah, this in 600 easily. pages you could the expand Wachowski. this into a saga that long easily right in uh, in uh, for those who don't know like a, a in script writing, you want about a page to be about a minute. So if you're talking a 600-page script, that is a 600 minutes. That is a 10-hour movie that this was originally conceptualized as and then turned into a two-hour and four-minute film. Like, Man. I don't... You know, yeah. I don't know if this would have been better longer. I'm not, I'm not saying I would have watched this as 10 hours, but if they had like maybe pushed for like a TV show or tried to like push this as like a, a, a series of films is a problem because you don't know if you're going to get more than one film. It's uh, like a, a mini series, you know, yeah, what, just when in my childhood would have been called a television event. Well, <laughs> but this was, this was 2015, which was kind of before Netflix was doing everything. I and I, you know I uh, when did Sense Eight start actually like 2016, 2017? Uh, actually, like, probably 2016. like twenty twenty. Oh, so I guess it's not that too far ahead. Well, with how long it was probably in production. Anyway, all this yeah. wandering around to see if this was like being conceptualized today, like this probably would have been something on a streaming service. And it reminds me quite a bit. Movie. And Nicole mentioned that this is perhaps a comparison that others have made of John Carter uh, when Disney did John Carter of Mars. Because when I'm watching it with both of these movies, I think they're visually very interesting and the worlds that they're trying to build are compelling to me. And I see so many characters and environments and species that I really want to learn more about. And I don't get any of that in either film. Uh, In fact, I would actually argue that John Carter is plagued with very similar issues, uh, along with an even more ridiculous timeline like there's i read a whole novel several years ago about the creation of that movie and it was a complete mess for disney and i just see a parallel here because i would have loved to have spent more time in that universe executed more uh executed in a better fashion yeah the problem with john carter from my understanding is that you had someone who deeply loved the books come in to do the movie which is kind of what you want but then what they did was they just like kind of picked like here's the scenes i liked from the book and I'm going to turn that into a movie rather than like trying to distill the essence of the novel into a film. They just kind of like picked like, and I, I imagine that maybe kind of happened with this as well. When you're going from 600 pages to, uh, you know, like 127, like a lot of stuff's going to get lost, going to get fall to the wayside that may have been a benefit to this in the end. Yeah. Like there, there are races in John Carter on Mars that I always wanted to know more about. And I know you're not always going to get like the backstory of every interesting race you see in the background. Well, we don't how many... get that in beloved stuff we have in like Star Wars and everything. How, well, but, uh, like, actually, Star Wars, yeah, like every second of that universe has been well, written in, in some the, form. Right, in the expanded universe, I mean. I, I mean right. on film. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. 
And no, I super want to know everything about the lizard people. That's exactly what I was about to say. Is the I dinosaurs? want to know about the lizard people, and I want to know about like the weird like cat furry people. Like I want to know about both of them. In this movie, but the one that um, yeah, the guy who like Google pays off the bounty hunters playing? initially. Oh, the people okay. who work for the for the daughter. Uh, they have like people. pointy ears and like they kind of look like mice. Yeah, sure. I don't. That's fine. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh. No. Yeah, because the, 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 it's the race of people that primarily work for the daughter. Okay. I thought she mostly had like the bald people with the skinny eyebrows. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what is it? I, mean, I feel like, I feel like we're manifesting one of the problems with this movie right now. Um, but like, the, but yeah, I want to know more about the crazy ass flying lizard people. Like the, there's the dinosaurs. And here's the thing. There's nothing in the movie that would make them make sense. There is well, no yeah. point. Like there's not even like really other zany alien races. Like uh, most of it's just human and things that look like humans. It's human animal hybrids. Yeah, there's yeah. He- then there's like the dinosaur things, the, the 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 dinosaur guys, and then robots. I guess this movie gets interrupted with a with a extended bureaucracy joke. And it's the best part of the yeah. movie. It's an it extended like, homage to Brazil. Oh, I definitely. Love I love that part of the movie. I'm so happy we brought to that. I this hate is this a, part of the movie. <laughs> this is a section of the See, movie what's... where this bu- bureaucratic, uh, like page, essentially like r- robot page, brings yeah. her around um, after she has arrived on like the main like planet of the galaxy or whatever. Right. The, um, the in order to do all planet. the logistic paperwork essentially of DMV waiting of claiming her title and becoming like a, you know, a intergalactic citizen, whatever, who knows, but I love it because the joke goes way too far and it's totally, way too long. Yeah. And it totally overstays. It's welcome. See, and yep. I find that charming. <laughs> I find See, it kind of charming. Okay. And here's what's funny because, uh, Nicole said, this is like her least favorite sequence. It was like the sequence to me that reminded me most of, the Fifth Element, which is a movie I'm not a really big fan of. So it's it's funny. That it's like, well, this sequence is what reminded me of a movie that I don't like all that much. And it's the and Nicole has been like, this movie reminds me of Fifth Element for positive reasons. <laughs> so it's I'm just I'm just pointing out that that's kind of a, a, a funny uh, recurrence, as this movie would say. It is, it is an, it's an anomaly in the movie, though, isn't it? It, is. it, is. it does not match everything which, else that's going on. Right. Which I, that points to the fact that this was a much longer like concept when it was originally developed. You had more room for stuff like this. And this is something they got, they chose to keep in its entirety probably, and really could have not been kept. And I think maybe the reason I like it is because one of the things I'm a biggest fan of in film with, with science fiction is I love to see the inner workings of like the societies that we're seeing, right? Like one of my favorite things when, for example, Rogue One came out um, was seeing the the town surrounding where all the rebels were were holding out, right? Like where where Jin, where Jin is being led through the town, and he's explaining to her that these people are keeping this temple and everything's falling into ruins. Like that's the most interesting thing to me is like them walking through the market. So with this, in this movie, what's most compelling to me is seeing the inner workings of how their bureau, you know, bureaucratic process works. I loved watching 
like she has to get the tattoo thingy and then they have to like do the stamp thingy and then like he just has to like pay the guy off and and that all feels lived into me and that's kind of why I love it is that I feel like when I watch high fantasy like this I have too many glorious shots of them standing above a beautiful city and you get a lot of that in this movie that I can't imagine anyone is living in <laughs> and it's just so gorgeous and there's like seven people there and those scenes make me feel like, yeah, there's people who live in this environment. And you don't get enough of that in, like, really pretty high fantasy. Yeah. No, I, that's and that's one thing that... Um, it's done poorly, though. I'll admit that. Like, it overstays its welcome. On, but I, it's one of the only scenes in the movie I genuinely like. <laughs> on, a, on another podcast that I do, the Heck Yeah Comics podcast, um, we talk a lot about, you know, because comics will there's a lot of sci-fi comics and fantasy comics and it makes a very big difference when a world feels lived in when there's people going about their daily lives as part of not not even as part of the story just kind of as part of the set dressing uh and it does like it makes a real difference in making something feel real mm-hmm. um which the does that get accomplished in in this movie? I don't know, but I I, oh, I, no, I, I no. do get, I do get where you're coming from. Of like, you kind of get to see. I mean, when I want to see the inner workings, I want to see kind of like, hey, what does it mean to buy a loaf of bread? Not what does it mean to get your driver's <laughs> license renewed? <laughs> yeah, I would have yeah. liked to have seen her, seen Jupiter, like walking around the Aegis ship and just passing by people doing their jobs. Mm-hmm. That would have been just, cool. like running the cafeteria and you know watching TV or whatever. Just you know, make it feel like that ship exists for some purpose other than to ferry her from point A to point B. Is the Aegis ship the one that is the Star Trek knockoff? Yes. <laughs> okay. Because um, there's like the Starfleet crew running it, <laughs> and um, now let's also talk a little bit about Jupiter constantly getting rescued in this Const- movie like this four five, oh. or five or 18 times a lot a lot and i that's you know my that is my major my biggest problem with this my single biggest problem with this movie is that the central character and the heroine is constantly falling off of things mm-hmm. and looking confused and t- trying to make a decision, but taking a really long time about it. <laughs> and it's just, uh, you know, by the end, by like the, the last 15 minutes of the movie, she's finally got her act together enough to say, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to, you know, deny you access to earth and even if that means i have to sacrifice myself and my family and you know she finally has a spine and is willing to fight and knee eddie redmayne in the balls and you know try to (laughs) destroy the tablet that she has to sign with her magical glowing tattoo which is actually a pretty awesome tattoo um (laughs) but it is it takes the vast majority of the movie for her to get there and in the meantime and i mean even after that she still has to be rescued a couple more times Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> so I like a princess who can save herself. So why in the near the beginning of the movie when uh, the friend whose name she used uh, gets attacked by the aliens and she witnesses it and then the aliens like attack her and we, you know, they wiped her memory or whatever. Yeah. Why? Like, why wouldn't they? I don't, I don't understand because obviously they're looking for whoever the real person is and they have a way of testing the DNA. I also don't understand how they have her DNA and a way of testing it. I don't know how they know that it was this woman from like the fertility place. I have a very, very many questions. Um, why wouldn't they just like test her? Why do they just like be like, oh, we're going to wipe your memory and get out of here. They would have no reason to believe that the maid hiding in the closet is the woman who went to the medical clinic because she used a different name. Yeah, I, I guess. But how did they know that? How? How? Just uh, I, they have the <laughs> they have the mother's DNA sample already, and they're where? looking for someone with the identical. Right. So why not test this? Simple. Why not test this random woman? Because how how do they know that that the woman with like that with the exact DNA went to this fertility clinic? That I is, I I don't know. I get the impression they're not tremendously bright. But they somehow figure out that it's exactly this person who has used this name at this fertility clinic. <laughs> but that's because the lizard guy knows. How does he know? <laughs> probably they sent him like i don't know photocopies i don't know david <laughs> and also so they so they they attack they attack chicago and then they're like oh no they're gonna like make they're gonna wipe that all away in a spectacular looking sequence i have to yeah. say but some of that you can't wipe away because people died well, yeah. yeah they must have that's a very good point people died oh, on that a- train people died in the cars People died probably from buildings falling and rubble and all that. Like, that can't just be like, let's wipe this all away. And, you know, you don't remember, like, nobody in Chicago remembers, uh, like, May 14th. Like, well, one thing I do, one thing I do want to mention, and I'm not, and this is entirely unrelated, is that as someone who lives in Chicago, I thought this movie did a phenomenal job of capturing Chicago because it was actually filmed here. Like, it's very obvious <laughs> yes. it was actually filmed here. It's so often you get a movie that is, takes place in New York and we need tall buildings and streets that look kind of like New York, so we go to Cleveland. <laughs> um, you know, that's where they film New York all the time. Yeah, and there's and, uh, there's no mistaking the Willis Tower and the... No, and, t- and, almost and they, nobody they knows the name of it, but with it. my favorite building in Chicago is called the Stone Container Building, and it's the one with the diamond yeah. on top that's lit up. Exactly. And it's, you know, Chicago's definitely, it's it's a highlight of architecture in the United States, and especially the night skyline. And I love that they shot it there. I love that they actually hung a couple of stunt people from a helicopter and flew them around Chicago for, like, the medium shots, the medium and, and they, long-range shots showing. They did some cool Kane stuff with the, heli- with the helicopters from what I was reading. Like, they set up this really kind of cool rig with a bunch of cameras so they could very seamlessly edit these, like, shots uh, from the helicopters. Like, this movie, from a technical standpoint, is 
pretty rad. Okay, they created a, a rig of six cameras called the Panocam, which was mounted on a helicopter and covered nearly 180 degrees of the action. During post-production, the directors would combine the overlapped film footage, essentially creating a camera that could swing around the action independently of the helicopter's actual flying path. Which is pretty that's cool. incredible. And I think it, it does a superb job of, of making it feel like the real city when they're in when they're doing it because they're flying over parts of the l and like landing like platforms on the l and certain docks right next to adjacent to navy pier that i've been on and like i know very well and i love seeing that as a chicago resident that this movie really took advantage of flying through every little bit of chicago in like five minutes right you can tell the wachowskis love chicago they've got it in heavily featured in sensate as well Right, right. So. Yeah, I loved it. And then another uh, element I do want to bring up of this movie is one that David put in our document. She gets married, or she tries to get married, or maybe gets married. She gets half married to the second. Brother. Yeah, she doesn't get her tattoo finished. <laughs> right. The ed- in order to get married in this universe, you have to um, say you're doing it of your own volition because apparently we had to amend that whole process because that was becoming an issue at some point. And then you have to get a finger tattoo yeah, by a priest. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she does this with the the younger brother. And the younger brother wants Earth, obviously. Right. The, the, the plushy lips one with the cheekbones. Gain. The, the Oedipus complex is kicking in. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah he, and he... he has this thing where he um, he wants to bang his I don't know it's it's Not, it bothers I mean to be fair so weird in this movie to be fair it doesn't seem like he's trying very hard to seduce her it just seems like he's trying he's to talk her into everybody. marrying him yeah he's trying do, to appeal to her her good nature we do see him having a weird zero g robot orgy. Cool. I don't think they're all robots. Yeah, there were some it, feathers in there. Very true. But they're, yeah, you know. <laughs> I, and I think we, we may have missed the, the part of Brett that I that was my question, which is why does she agree to it? She seemed to like she seemed to be a quick study of the law that she had all this jurisdiction. Why did she need this guy? Because she actually believes him when he says that he wants her to be his heir. So if anything happens to him, somebody else will take care of his planets for him. So his siblings can't take them and harvest She agrees so quickly to getting married to this dude. Yes, yes, she does. It's a matter of state, not of the heart, David. Oh, God. (laughs) She is not a very bright person, I think, is what the conclusion that we're coming to. That's possible, yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to argue that she's Because he does tell her, for the audience's benefit, he does tell her that he wants to stop the harvesting of these organs and this is something that his mother had wanted to do and it's potentially why his mother was murdered and what's interesting about this plot is that we later do learn that eddie redmayne's character did murder his mother and it's weird because like is that why she was murdered because the younger brother doesn't seem to believe that you shouldn't harvest these planets he's obviously just fooling jupiter so we don't have any motive for eddie redmayne's character killing his mother 
He claims so he, Earth. he he claims that she asked him to do it. Sorry, when I refer to it, she claims <laughs> that she asked him to do it. Huh? I won't do the screaming because I don't want to blow people's eardrums out. But there's a <laughs> he was but, just he was just watching uh, Ray Fiennes and all Voldemort. Of, character. All of the whispers would then be followed by explosive yelling. <laughs> it is very Voldemort esque. Harry Potter. The boy who lived come to die. It's come to Guinea. On Jupiter. Oh, and by the way, I just want to throw it out there. Is it too on the nose that this movie literally ends on Jupiter? Because that frustrates me. Uh, if we're going with um, with Luke Besson as an influence, then no, it's not too on the nose. <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, you mean on the planet Jupiter or with Jupiter in the middle of the shot? The planet Jupiter it, is where this. It doesn't all... end on Jupiter. Yes, well, it doesn't end on Jupiter, the, the but the climax, last, the climax, the climax of, the... of the movie yes. is on Jupiter. And like, right. could this be inside the grav hull? Yeah. They don't get crushed grav by Jupiter's Jupiter. gravity. My God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, my I'm I'm like it, it, you know technology, whatever. Fine, I can suspend my disbelief for that. I. The, the biggest things I can't suspend my disbelief for, one, I know that Jupiter is not actually that color. It's actually not that vivid. Most of the, you know, art and photos that we see have been color tinted. That's true uh, for most things in space, actually. Yeah, to make it more vibrant. Um, it's really kind of more greenish brown, mostly. And the other thing is this woman, got. I don't know how many days this this journey is or whatever but she starts out getting up at 4 45 in the morning to clean toilets and somehow getting up at 4 45 in the morning to clean toilets she is putting on false eyelashes and putting on her perfect smoky eyes and perfectly like filled in eyebrows and contouring which i have to tell you as a woman i can vouch takes i I don't care how well you have the routine down at least half an hour She's not going to be getting up extra early to be able to do that before she has to go clean. You know, it's just that is my biggest thing. I was about to say, like, where where is this coming from? It's I don't remember the question that prompted this. No, it's what 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 do you have to suspend your disbelief for? Most in this movie is one of the questions Nicole put in the docket. And yeah, most of the things I can just yeah, most of the things I can just hand wave away as uh, advanced technology. You know. I can that I can do, but I, the 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 eye makeup that's like every scene. She's got perfect, elaborate eye makeup, and it's distracting. <sighs> Is Mila Kunis in any way, shape, or form a good actress? Hey, sometimes depends on the role, which I think you Not know. Not in this movie. <laughs> in what? What is she she's in like, that is okay. good? She's, she's actually good in that 70s show. I was going to say she's That's great in that character. 70s show. She is great. And, uh, and if you hear the stories about how she got that role, it's even more hilarious. She told them she was like, she was like, like 15 or 16 at the time when she got the role, which was totally illegal. And they asked her like in the audition, like, Oh, you're like, you're 18. Right. And she said, yeah, on my birthday, which, uh, yeah, she will be 18 on her birthday one year but that's just all she said and they cast her in the role and so she worked on that show for a couple of years being underage and completely illegally and she is great as jackie like 
it's I, I love her on that show. I guess I mean in Hollywood films. I don't know. I, Let me see what movies she's been any, on that I I've seen. Was, is anyone from that 70s show good in Hollywood films? I thought she was Grace fine. Is a fine actor. I thought she was fine in Black Swan. Oh, yeah. People I, liked her in Black Swan. Isn't she yeah. also in Forgetting Sarah Marshall? And I know people like that movie. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, she's good in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Okay. That's, I mean, right. that's, that's well, a little bit I'm... more like lighthearted, fun movie. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean, she's, she's called on in this movie mainly to react to things. And she doesn't even do that. And she but doesn't I, do that I don't, terribly I don't well. fault I mean, her. I don't fault yeah. her for that. You know, I it's fault. It's mostly green screen that she's reacting to. Right. So. That this is a, a giant CGI thing going on. Yeah, so, you know, at least she does, after watching this a couple times, she does have a, a little bit of an arc. A little bit. You know, she goes from hating her life to understanding that family is the most important thing and, you know, whatever. And Ugh. she <laughs> and has a little more strength of will, a little more decisiveness and start, just, like, just baby steps starting to come into her own at the end of the movie. But yeah. it's so small. It's such a small progression, and it's, and she looks, you so know, even perfect. with her gigantic eyes, she looks so tired. So tired. <laughs> the thing I have to suspend my disbelief most for in this movie is that her and Kane's relationship will work out at all. Oh, probably not. <laughs> because they have. Probably not. No, most certainly not. They have no. absolutely no similar life experience. They probably have no similar nope. interests. Uh, it's she good. loves dogs, though. Yeah, she, that 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 line is kind of funny, though. Like, <laughs> I love dogs. I've yeah, always where loved you dogs. spit out something that you completely want to kick yourself for a minute later. Yeah, but I, just like you, like they're gonna get two weeks into this, and she's gonna be like, "So, you like Martin Scorsese movies?" They'll be like, <laughs> "I don't know what that is." Oh boy. I think I think the thing for me that I have to dispense. I had to suspend the most disbelief for was the man who had won the Oscar for best actor one year before this is in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, he is. And I, I, that's it, actually. That's it. Is that he actually read this and was like, wow, this is a good idea. You know, I should do well, this on my Oscar you know, high. As mixed as their track record has been, I would give my right eye to work with it, which has on anything. And if you were like, hey, why do these big name actors keep going on to Wachowski films? It's exactly that reason. It's because after like The Matrix, which people read, there are people who passed on that movie because they were like, I don't get it. And The Matrix has been lauded as this whole big thing and now people like get scripts from the Wachowskis and they're probably reading it like well I don't get it but it, it's a Wachowski movie and uh, they've, the w- they've kind of burned through their goodwill at this point I, I was about think. to say have the Wachowskis really had I'm thinking like the last they did V for Vendetta didn't they they wrote it they wrote okay but I'm thinking like they did Cloud Atlas they uh-huh. did this yeah. like there's been some there's they, been some missteps as of late. They did a movie that I really like that a lot of people don't, but I will stand by that Speed Racer is actually a very entertaining and fun movie and better than people think it is. There's a decent-sized contingent of people who agree with you, David. I've it's, heard a lot of people say that they really like Speed Racer. Yeah, it's one of those movies that like, now that time has passed and people like watch it again, they're like, no, there's actually a lot of like fun in this 
Uh, like a lot of reviewers going back to it and having positive thoughts. But yeah, Cloud Atlas didn't do great. This didn't do great. Sense8 was very mixed. Um, either you... I love that though. Right, right. Either, Are they doing a movie now? They're, I don't see them... Do, I don't see that they have anything coming up right now. Though, right, although Sense8 um, is the finale that is being released That's this year. That's what I mean. I'm sorry. Because yeah. they canceled the show, right? And everyone yeah. got pissed off. They, so were, they made a finale. Well, it's yeah. a phenomenally expensive show to make. It is. And, it, and they were going to do a whole third season. And then they were like, no, we're not going to do that. But there was enough outpouring from fans. They're like, okay, we'll do... You know, we'll do a, a basically a movie finale that you know they can jam all their ideas right. into and try to wrap things up. Well, let's also start wrapping things up <laughs> with this movie. Um, so here's the thing: I, I ultimately was re- relatively pleased with this movie. I've been I've been messing with it and I've been shitting on it a ton, but it was an interesting way enough to spend two hours. I didn't hate it. Uh, there, was, there was nothing good, egregiously bad about this movie. Good for you. I, <laughs> I thought the visuals were compelling enough to keep me interested and made me want to live in that world more and I'm sad I couldn't. And I'm sad that it didn't allow me to experience that world in any like meaningful capacity. I felt everything was very, very surface level for what I was getting in this world building. And world building is so important in science fiction and I feel like this really missed the mark with that. And it had the potential to be really cool. Uh, I have a quick question. Is this based on anything or is it just an original screenplay? It was their their own idea. It's even cooler then because then they don't even have to have source material to try to adhere to or make people happy with. They could have literally gone anywhere with this. And also they probably just had 600 pages worth of stuff. And I don't know. I just wish there was more. That's what I'm getting at. I wish there was a lot more to this movie. And that's what frustrates me the most about it. Yeah. But, I would have loved um, it to be like a six or eight episode series. I would love for this to be on HBO. This would be great. People would watch it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think it suffers too much from, you know, trying to fit in all the all the high points of a story without having the the quieter moments to really let you get attached to everybody and fully understand what's going on. Yeah, and it also suffers heavily, in my opinion, from I've known you for six hours, you saved my life, you're really hot, I love you. <laughs> like, it yeah. suffers from that, too. And I know yeah. that that's a trope amongst, like, every movie ever. Yeah. But, come on. Can we just let that one die? It's, it's Channing Tatum, though. <laughs> <laughs> you saying you'd fall in love in six hours, too? Okay. Yeah, probably. With Channing, with <laughs> Channing Tatum? Sure. I got a weakness for fangy guys with guyliner. What can I say? Oh boy! <laughs> oh, and he does rock the eyeliner in this movie. Yes, yeah, he and does. Uh, and I do love his beef with Sean Bean in this movie. That again is really never explored in any significant capacity. Um, and one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when Sean Bean just annihilates him when they first meet because they like yeah. speed up the footage so they're moving quicker than the average human because they're both not like fully human or whatever. And it yeah. is such a cool fist fight. I, that was the first time in a very long time that I saw a fist fight in a movie and thought yeah. it was really cool. Yeah, so. and Sean Bean looks like he's holding his own seriously and you get to and see his cool die. hexagonal irises and he doesn't die in this movie. <laughs> yeah, Sean Bean's great. I want, I'd want i listen to him tell me about bees all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, there's, there's so much in this world I would love to explore. I'd love to see his backstory. I'd love to see, you know, the... I want to see the story of the ship captain. 
Uh, shout out to ship captain played by Nikki Amuka Bird, who is just has this presence to her that makes me want to say, well, what's what's your story? What do you guys do? Where do you go? You know, what adventures do you guys have? So, you know, it's hey just, guys, I just want to throw out there as well. That it, I'm sorry, Nicole, but if you are interested in more backstory on this, I was trying to help you by looking yeah. up Jupiter Ascending fan fiction. No. I found some very different things. No, 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 no. I why would you do that? My search history. Um, why would you do Brett, why? That's not what I found. Okay. Um, there are stories you can read about this online if you're into yeah. that. It's not the same thing, though. No. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. I apologize. Go uh, ahead. Hover, hover so. skates sex, boy. I mean, it's it's frustrating. You know, the, they're these holes that I want to see patched, but it's also, you know, this movie is long enough and it's, you know, to, to sum up, it's, it's beautiful and it's silly and absurd. And I just enjoy the hell out of it. You know, I can't, I can't explain it scientifically. I just enjoy the hell out of this movie. It pushes the right buttons for me. It might not for you, but it's it's absolutely gorgeous to look at. If you just want to like have it on in the background with the sound off, it's great. You know, <laughs> I would highly recommend that to everybody. It's putting the sound on. You have to be willing to put up with a silly movie. Now, David did just mention, and I don't want to gloss over this, the gravity boots. We did not talk about yeah. the gravity boots. Let's rewind yeah. a little bit. <laughs> he has gravity boots that are yes. described as, I can surf on gravity. Basically, yep. yeah. Yep. And I mean, poor Channing Tatum. He was not... Yeah, I watched all the, <laughs> all the extras on the Blu-ray. He was not a skater before this movie. And he was having a tough time getting the hang of them until he decided he was just going to wear them all day one day and not take them off at all and just get used to them being on his feet constantly. And he spent like seven months wearing inline skates every day. And they had like these green, these like green screen covered treadmills <laughs> that he'd hop from like one to the other in a green screen room to try to get the effects of him bouncing off of things. And, you know, he he put in the work. God bless him. You know, he tried <laughs> to try to make it look real cool. And the Wachowskis are like down there giving him direction like, okay, like when you flip from one to the other, can you kind of like pause so it's only one foot hitting the thing instead of both feet? And he's like, uh, nope. <laughs> we can, you know, can you stop partway through and tilt your body 45 degrees and you know, they just tried to figure out what was possible with the with the flying rig plus the skates and the treadmills and whatnot. Out so. of curiosity, and this might be too much of its own like, descent into madness, does Channing Tatum have the opportunity in his career or the talent to rise out of the beefcake? At some point, if you would have like you, to, have you, you take the McConaughey route? Uh, well, mm, 
I believe so. Because he's starting to move out of like, like you look at his early career, right? And you look like Step Up and like Dear John and like The Vow and 21 Jump Street. And well, hold on. First of all, in, like, in the Jump Street movies, he is not just beefcake. Like those movies are genuinely hilarious. But I, my point is that he's moved into some other interesting roles. You know, he was in The Hateful Eight and he was in, you know, this movie. He was in Hail Caesar. Like he's done different stuff. Now, I know Foxcatcher. Foxcatcher is a great example. I know you're going to brush it off, Brett, but you haven't seen the first Magic Mike movie, which is actually a pretty depressing movie. <laughs> Yeah, the first Magic Mike movie is not what you think it is. The second Magic Mike movie really? is, is totally exactly what, what you think it is. Thought the first Magic Mike movie was going to be. The second movie does that. Yeah, but the first, first movie is, is about is like drug about- addiction and yeah. like how a lot of these guys who are strippers are kind of stuck in that life and they have other ambitions, but they're having a hard time breaking out of it. Wow. Yep. Well. I don't know. I just. I guess the reason I po- I pose this question is because I do feel like, I feel like the kid's got some talent, man. I feel <laughs> like he actually could be a relatively intriguing actor down the line. I think he could. I yeah. think he's got sort of the he's he's got sort of the Chris Hemsworth vibe going on, where he's right, beefcakey, yeah. but he's also has comedic chops and the possibility of doing drama. Chris Hemsworth has not broken out into drama yet. He keeps trying, and it keeps not. flying (laughs) but maybe eventually it'll happen maybe eventually but you know what next week we're going to be watching an entirely different movie that is not this and that is because next week is new to two new to two is going to be uh where i get to pick this time correct yes correct all right well i picked gran torino the 2008 Clint Eastwood movie. Nicole looks like she's got some thoughts on this. I haven't seen it. (laughs) I've only heard things about it. I'm trying to reserve judgment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) You're going to have some hot takes on the movie. I I have some thoughts about Clint Eastwood, but. (laughs) Oh, oh, believe me. I have a lot of personal thoughts about Clint Eastwood, (laughs) but we're going to leave our yelling at chairs at the, at the front door with this movie (laughs) and um, try to, analyze it for what i think is a very interesting drama and the drama that's gonna and keep in mind i'm bringing this in lieu of bringing some movies that were going to be a whole lot dumber so uh it should be an interesting discussion if all of you would like to follow along again grand torino uh david where can people find you online you can find me always on the heck yeah comics podcast uh, so heck yeah comics.com or on the Brokebot mountain podcast and you can find me around the internet under the username dav luz that is d-a-v-l-u-z so twitter snapchat instagram find me there absolutely and what about you nicole you can find me shepherding our facebook page facebook.com slash movie go round podcast uh, or our old Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash Geek Cinema Society, which we did prior to this show. And you can find me on Twitter under at your word whiz, and that's Y O U R W O R D W H I Z. Very good. Find me on brettdavidstewart.com on Twitter at Rivers Rubin. You can email the show. That is moviegoround at tiltingwindmillstudios.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can rate us on iTunes and on Stitcher. The former is much more important. Go ahead and rate us on iTunes so more people can join our wonderful community and get involved on the Facebook and the Twitter pages and vote. So even more movies like this, even more You Did This To Us can arrive. And we always arrive in very weird places with these polls. 
Like some things arrive on the poll that I'm consistently surprised show up on the poll. <laughs> and they're spirit killer every time. Who is doing it? Like, <laughs> isn't it, isn't it Dominic? Didn't we know? Didn't we find out it's Dominic? I I asked him and he said it wasn't him. He's lying. <laughs> Dominic Chikoki, a previous guest. Uh, whoever it is, and I saw, saw someone put not spirited killer in there too this week, which I thought was God really funny. bless him. So we're not the only people annoyed with this. Um, I voted for. Um, what was the movie that? What are the movies? What were our movies this week? Just so we can know. let people know the kind of things we're getting. I think I I seeded in. Uh, Jupiter Ascending, The Room, Xanadu. Oh, yeah. I voted uh, for Xanadu. Yeah. <laughs> there's one other thing that I put in, and then people started adding The Bodyguard and Spirited Killer. And <sighs> That's right. That's what I was bodyguard. thinking of. Someone listened to our previous episode about me bitching about The Bodyguard and <laughs> added The Bodyguard. God bless him. God bless all of you. Uh, All right, that's going to do it for us. Catch us next week with Gran Torino. We'll see you then.